This is the Friends of Israel Today. I'm Steve Conover. And I'm Chris Katolka. Today we'll be featuring one of the many Friends of Israel ministries in our gift catalog. Visit foiradio.org or call our listener line at 888-343-6940 to get your free copy. This is your opportunity to partner with a ministry that supports God's chosen people. Today we are going to be speaking with Tim Munger, who is a church ministries representative here at the Friends of Israel. I'm excited because Tim helped kickstart a program called Youth Fest, which reaches out to high school students to get them excited about full-time gospel ministry. But first, the news. Four Israeli soldiers were killed by a Palestinian terrorist who ran a large truck into a crowd of soldiers last week, injuring many more. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said, We know the identity of the attacker, and all signs suggest that he was an Islamic State supporter. The terrorist organization, Hamas, who has a strong foothold in the West Bank, didn't claim responsibility, but praised the attack that killed four young soldiers as heroic. My friends, without a strong Israeli presence in and throughout the West Bank, I guarantee ISIS will find a way to infiltrate Palestinian territories. Pray for the stability and peace in the region, and remember to lift up the soldiers' families as they lay their sons and daughters to rest. Thank you, Chris. To listen to past programs or to read our notes for today's show, visit foiradio.org. Now, let's join Chris as he welcomes Tim Munger, a church ministries representative here at the Friends of Israel. Every so often, we like to highlight some of the ministries that are happening around the world with the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. And I have on the line a visionary who dreams big dreams for ministry and then gets to work to see how those ministries can come to fruition. For more than 25 years, Tim Munger has served with the Friends of Israel as a church ministries representative in the Detroit area. And every day, Tim is out ministering to the Jewish community around Detroit, standing with Israel, standing against anti-Semitism, and educating Christians about their Jewish roots in Christ. Tim is a dear friend of mine. He trained me when I first came to the Friends of Israel, so I've got to see him in action. And one of my favorite things to do with Tim is to let him pick the restaurant. Isn't that right, Tim? Yes, it is, Chris. My motto is, so many restaurants, so little time. (laughs) Tim has those where all the greatest places are to eat. So, Tim, it's great to have you on the program. Chris, it's a wonderful opportunity, and it's a pleasure to be here uh, with you. So thank you for inviting me. Tim, uh, today I want to highlight one of the newer ministries that you helped to kickstart with the Friends of Israel called Youth Fest, which is a three-day conference that exposes high school students to full-time service to the Lord. Tim, could you tell our audience a little bit about Youth Fest? Happy to do so, Chris. Youth Fest, basically, Chris, is a um, young adult-aged missionary conference to challenge committed young people, Christian young people, to consider giving their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ for Christian ministry. And so we want to put a tool in the hands of the Holy Spirit to call young people to His work. And so that, in a nutshell, is what Youth Fest is all about. And in those three years, or three days, I'm sorry, uh, we seek to do exactly that. Now, it sounds like you have a burden for young adults when it comes to uh, the future for global missions, for global ministry. Is this a burden that you've always had, or or is it something that you kind of realized over time? Actually, I think, Chris, that uh, I've always had a burden for young people. Um, when we were in our last pastorate, uh, there were very few young people, and so we uh, had to begin uh, from scratch 
seeking to reach out to them. So I've always had uh, a burden for young people, and especially so um, in the area of missions. Uh, there is plenty of uh, opportunities out there for college-age young people, and in fact, there are are uh, schools and seminaries who don't want to reach out to the younger age, but primarily to the older. But by the time you get to a senior in college, their goals, their careers are set, and I'm convinced and committed to seeking to reach out to the younger people because I have found, especially in my own experience, I was 12 when the Spirit of God called me to missions. And I think that that's not unusual. I do believe that if you um, do a survey or or uh, a questionnaire uh, among other missionaries that God called them at a young age as well. And so that's one of the reasons that I believe that the younger that we can uh, get young people thinking about missions, the better off we are, uh, rather than waiting until college age. Tim, can you let our audience know, you know, what does the average Youth Fest look like? What what does a day look like at Youth Fest for, for someone that comes to attend? Youth Fest? Chris begins with a uh, half a day, then a full day, and ends with another half day. And so basically what we start with is we start with, since you talked about my love of restaurants and food, we start with eating, and then we have our first general session. So Youth Fest is divided into two sections, general session and small group session. And it's in the small group session that we as missionaries get to pass on our heart for uh, ministry. And uh, it's actually the small group aspect that um, makes Youth Fest unique. And so we'll have, uh, on our first full day, we'll have three small group sessions. We will have two general sessions. Now, what makes Youth Fest unique, Chris, is that um, uh, one of our guest speakers uh, was a pre- is a president of a Bible college, and he, uh, in evaluating Youth Fest, he said, Tim, as I look at Youth Fest, I see that Youth Fest uh, builds it around the Bible and adds fun rather than building it around fun and adding the Bible. And I very much appreciated that evaluation. I didn't tell him that. That was his own observation. But I very much appreciate that because that's exactly what Youth Fest is all about. I tell pastors and young uh, youth pastors Youth Fest is not for everybody. Uh, This is for young people who are committed to their uh, walk with God, committed to the Word of God, committed to the work of God. And we want those young people to be brought so that we can disciple, build into them, and uh, challenge them uh, and encourage them in their walk with the Lord. In fact, that's one of the things that young people say that uh, in their evaluation form as to why they enjoy Youth Fest, because at Youth Fest they get to meet fellow Christian young people that have the same love for the Lord that they do. It has been a joy to uh, to see uh, the young people take to Youth Fest and make it their own. And so that's, uh, that's a day in the life of Youth Fest. It's general sessions uh, and small group sessions and interacting together uh, in those times between missionaries and the young people. You know, a lot of young adults, this is a Friends of Israel gospel ministry uh, outreach, and so many young adults, though, Tim, today they go off to college and their professors teach them lies about Israel. The students are leaving universities with a bad taste in their mouth concerning the Jewish state. Is Youth Fest doing anything to help educate high schoolers on, on the way to college 
on the importance of Israel and God's plan and, and really the way that Israel is attempting to impact the world in a positive way, not a negative way. Uh, we absolutely are. In fact, we have uh, our own mission presenting the ministry of the Friends of Israel, and then one step more, we actually bring someone in from Israel. Uh, it has been um, a uh, young man, Aaron, who has uh, actually lived in Israel. He wears his IDF uniform while he's with us, and so um, he uh, he has come in, and this year we had a young lady who had been uh, an intern over in, in Israel for the past three years. And so... Um, she was the one talking about Israel. So we bring in uh, specifically people who are talking about Israel, who've lived in Israel, or are Israeli themselves. And that really goes a long way in helping um, them understand the importance of the Jewish state and the uh, progress of the Jewish state. It goes a long way to counter the uh, lies that will be perpetrated for those students on those public university campuses about Israel. One of the things that that amazes me is most of the time ministries, they invest their energy and resources into programs that will grow their ministry. Uh, But you had this idea to simply impact the life of a young adult through YouthFest by by inviting many ministries uh, to participate. You know, this is a Friends of Israel event, YouthFest, but a student may leave with a heart for uh, the unreached tribes of Papua New Guinea, or Bible translation with Wycliffe Bible translators. What kind of fruit have you seen from the students who engage with these various ministries? Chris, it's been very encouraging. Uh, in 10 years, we have seen some very exciting things happen. Um, one of the first things that was happening is that students who attended Youth Fest came back to their own church um, ignited and on fire for missions. And so um, one of the things that happens is that the young people are coming. They're hearing about opportunities. They hear about opportunities with Friends of Israel. It's not like we don't talk about it. We do. And so we have young people going back to their churches saying, we heard about a missions trip. We want to go on a missions trip. And so then along with that, we have had young people who, as a result of attending Youth Fest, have applied and have gone on to uh, Bible colleges, Bible institutes, mission, uh, and applied to missions for short term. Um, we had at our very first youth fest a young lady who points to that very youth fest as where God planted the seed for missions in her heart, and she became the first fruits of youth fest. She went on a um, short term missions trip, whether for six months or two years, I forget the length. But she became our first fruits because she went with a mission overseas to um, minister. And that came as a result of Youth Fest. Yeah, that's great. And our and origins for our listeners is our short-term ministry trip to Israel where we serve the Israeli people. And so that's great to hear how young adults are, they're, what they're taking and learning from Youth Fest is, is actually being applied to their life. They're actually taking steps of faith to either go get better trained at a, at a Bible college um, or a seminary, or that they go even uh, one step further, they actually go overseas and see it for themselves. Uh, Tim, do we have any idea of when Youth Fest is, uh, ways that people can get plugged in so that they can find out uh, where they can go for the next Youth Fest? Absolutely. Chris, uh, on the uh, Friends of Israel website, 
you can go to our um, events page, scroll down, and you'll see YouthFast. So you can go and click on YouthFast, and you can learn more about it. You can go to our Facebook page. Uh, we try to actively monitor that. And then the next YouthFest will be here in Michigan, December 27 to 29, uh, 2017. And it's at Camp Machindo in Hillsdale, Michigan. And we're looking forward very much to it. Thank you so much for sharing your heart for YouthFest. Tim, this is something really important, to be able to invest in the lives of young adults for the cause of the gospel and to send them out, that they might fulfill the Great Commission. Tim, thank you so much for the ministry that you're doing. Thank you, Chris. I very much appreciate the opportunity to be on the radio broadcast today, and the Lord bless you. Chris just finished speaking with Tim Munger about the Youth Fest ministry, which introduces high schoolers to life in full-time gospel ministry. A lot of you may only know the Friends of Israel through our radio program, but our ministry reaches all around the world in countless ways. There are so many great ways you can partner with us through our various ministry opportunities. Chris, can you tell our listeners about one of the many Friends of Israel ministries that get you excited about what God is doing? Yeah, we've just been speaking with Tim, who's a church ministries representative, and another church ministries program is the Thank God for Israel Days that are held throughout the year. This is a great opportunity where we partner with the Jewish community, Christians and Jewish people getting together under the idea of thanking God for Israel, a great way to bridge the divide between the Christian and Jewish community. To see more of all the Lord is doing with the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry and the ways you can partner in blessing Israel and the Jewish people, I invite you to visit foiradio.org. You can give to one of the many ministries here, or you can download a free copy of the gift catalog. Again, that's foiradio.org. Or, if you prefer, call 888-343-6940 to get a copy mailed to you. Once again, that's 888-343-6940. Secretary of State John Kerry gave a speech after the recent U.N. Security Council resolution, which considered any Israeli who lives in the area called Judea and Samaria. That's what Israelis call it. Most of the Western world, though, and and journalists call it the West Bank. But this U.N. Security Council resolution considers any Israeli that lives in that area illegal occupiers. Now, Secretary Kerry's speech was essentially a defense for not vetoing the Security Council resolution. America has been a staunch ally of Israel for decades, and we've been someone that Israel could rely on over the years to veto these anti-Israel resolutions. Yet Kerry's speech is a defense for not vetoing but abstaining from the vote. I want you to take a listen to what uh, Secretary Kerry recently had to say as he talks about how this particular resolution falls in line with our values. Take a listen. Israel's permanent representative to the United Nations, who does not support a two-state solution, said after the vote last week, quote, it was to be expected that Israel's greatest ally would act in accordance with the values that we share and veto this resolution. I am compelled to respond today that the United States did, in fact, vote in accordance with our values. 
just as previous U.S. administrations have done at the Security Council before us. Now, Kerry is saying that this resolution against Israel reflects the values of the U.S. government and the citizens of the United States. But I have to tell you, I strongly disagree with Secretary Kerry's statement. You know, I I believe our values as a thriving democracy oppose such a resolution, and I can prove this. Just just look at this. On a bipartisan level, both Democrats and Republicans approved the Jerusalem Embassy Act, a law that was signed into action back in 1996. More than 20 years ago, both the parties in the House and Senate overwhelmingly voted in favor to make sure that the U.S. Embassy was moved from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. And and I want you to think about that. Did Did you hear what I said? The Democrats and Republicans in both the House and Senate worked together in a bipartisan way to overwhelmingly vote in favor of the Jerusalem Embassy Act. That that never happens. But the reason that both Democrats and Republicans in the House and Senate voted in favor of this law was because it wanted to show that we signify to the world that America values the eternal and unified city of Jerusalem as Israel's capital. It's only been because of a presidential waiver postponing the relocation that the embassy remains in Tel Aviv. However, the American people spoke. They spoke through their representatives. The values Americans on both sides of the aisle have is that Israelis are not occupiers of these sites, but that they have historical claim to be there and to call it their capital. And what about this? As a democracy, you know, we do share common values with Israel, despite what Secretary Kerry says. We embrace the values of e pluribus unum, out of many, one. Israel resembles the United States both in its democratic institutions and the diversity of its population. Secretary Kerry insists right now that a two-state solution is the only answer to peace between the Israelis and Palestinians. And I have to tell you something. I disagree with what Kerry is saying. If, If a Palestinian state were formed right now, It's unsure as to whether or not the leadership of the Palestinians would even allow Jewish people to live within their borders. Are these the values that Secretary Kerry is alluding to? A future Palestinian state that could potentially force the Jewish people to leave their ancient homeland? This wouldn't be the first time this happened. This actually happened in 1949 when the Jordanians went to war with Israel. There were Jewish people that were living in the West Bank forever. And you know what they did? They banished them from areas of Jerusalem and all around the West Bank. They kicked them out. It's the only reason Jewish people are called settlers in the West Bank today. My friends, these values don't match up. These values don't match up with the values that Americans hold. And this resolution doesn't help promote and foster peace between the Israelis and Palestinians. Instead, I believe it deepens the divide by forcing the middleman, and the middleman is the United Nations, to dictate the terms instead of the two parties working it out together themselves. Instead of the Palestinians and Israelis working to negotiate together, the UN has done all the work for them. So what can we do? My friends, we can stand by the values that we hold near and dear to us. 
Number one, remember that God is sovereignly in control of all things. There's no surprise to him whatsoever. And the second is this, Psalm 122.6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Now, Apples of Gold, a dramatic reading from the life and ministry of Holocaust survivor Svi Kalisher. One day recently, I prayed before going out to witness about Jesus Christ. I got off the bus in Jerusalem and landed in front of Yad Lehim. This group fights against those who believe in Christ. I remembered it was to places like this. Our Lord said, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. This verse encouraged me, and without an invitation, I walked inside this anti-missionary organization. A man approached me and asked if he could be of help. I replied, Oh, I came in to learn how you can help me, your brother. The man explained their purpose. We extend our hands to rescue our brothers who have fallen into the trap of the apostates, people who want to poison them and capture their souls. I never read of someone dying from reading the Bible. Everyone in the office looked at me, and the gentleman to whom I was speaking asked now in an unpleasant tone, How do you know these apostates believe in the Bible? Are you one of them? I am, I replied. Leviticus 19.14 says, You shall not put a stumbling block before the blind. This is what you are doing, trapping the blind in darkness. By now the entire staff had gathered around me. Then the man to whom I was speaking, he said, We have concluded you are one of those dangerous ones bringing spiritual poison to the new Russian immigrants. How can you have the chutzpah to try to brainwash us also? I replied, I only want to show you that you do not have to work so hard. You go to them with your commentaries, but I show them the Bible. Through this book... They can learn who their God is, who their Savior is, and how they can prepare themselves to meet him one day. The man angrily responded, Do you tell them they must believe in this man, Jesus? Do you tell them by believing in him they will be saved? There you said it yourself, I responded. It's in the Bible, whom you studied very carefully. Your saying that people can read about Jesus in the Bible is a great blessing to my heart because I have believed this truth for many years. That statement ignited a fire. He shouted, How can you say that? Are you not ashamed? No, my dear, I replied. I then read Isaiah 50 and verse 7. For the Lord God will help me. I will not be disgraced. And I know I will not be ashamed. I told him, I know in whom I have believed and am not ashamed. Do you also kneel before this man, he asked. Of course, I replied. Daniel knelt three times a day and prayed to God. Can I do any less? I am not like you, going to people with warnings. Instead, I go to them with the love of God. I know you hate me. But I love you because the Lord instructed us in Leviticus 19.18 to love your neighbor as yourself. You are my neighbor, and so I love you. Shortly thereafter, our conversation ended, and I left them to ponder the things I told them. 
I hope to have further contact with him and pray that one day they will see the light found in the Lord Jesus Christ. We hope you know just a little bit more about one of the ways the Friends of Israel ministers around the world after today's ministry highlight with Tim Munger. To find out more about this and other ministry opportunities where you can partner with us, request the free gift catalog we mentioned earlier. Visit foiradio.org or call our listener line at 888-343-6940. Quickly again, that's 888-343-6940. Or you can write to us at FOI Radio PO Box 914, Belmar, New Jersey 08099. Again, that's FOI Radio PO Box 914, Belmar, New Jersey 08099. The Friends of Israel Today is a production of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. We are a worldwide Christian ministry communicating biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah while fostering solidarity with the Jewish people.